What's up, guys? Welcome to the Zenfulness Podcast. Haven't done one of these in a while, but today I have a very special guest, uh, super successful guy, software sales. Met this guy uh, a few years ago, and his name is Zane Akhtar. And really, I wanted to do a podcast with Zane because he has such a unique story of where he came from and how he even got into sales. And I actually met him back at Clearco, where we were giving um, funding to entrepreneurs. And shortly, you'll see why uh, Zane is just a legend. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe I'll just pass this off to you, Zane. And how would you describe who you are? First of all, man, thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Um, always, always a pleasure talking to you. Um, really excited to just you know have this conversation today. But yeah, man, no. Um, so, question was who who I am? Mm-hmm. Um, who is who is Zane? The myth, the man, the legend. Who is Zane? <laughs> uh zane is i would say zane is a um a guy who is motivated i think motivated is the right word to start with um motivated can mean so many different things right i mean when we look at you know job motivation personal Mm -hmm. motivation whatever it may be i'm a motivated individual i love to help people uh, motivated in that as well um and yeah, man, just just someone who just really wants to go after it, um, l- looks at life as a way of learning, right? Um, and just overall being able to just give back to the world as much as I can, I think is really important, whether that be, you know, helping people find their next jobs, for example, or giving back to charities, you know, helping build communities, whatever it may be. I think that's really, really important. And so who I am, I'm a person that believes in all things. Um I'm a very passionate person as well. Um, and yeah, just uh, overall, I'm pretty excited to get started on this conversation as well. So yeah. Absolutely. And I guess one thing I want to point out too, um, like recently on LinkedIn, I saw that you made this post uh, about trying to help anyone getting into the sales career or anyone who may maybe have lost their job with uh, the mass layoffs in tech right now. Um, and I saw, I thought, thought it was a very thoughtful post where, you know, you, you want to like help people. And I think you don't really see that in, I don't know, the, the corporate space. And I think that really separates you from a lot of other people. And I, yeah, could, could you talk a little bit more about your, your passion for, for that? Cause that's what I see in you. Thank you. No, thank you for calling that out. Um, love to give the kind of a little bit of context on, on that there. Um, I've always loved kind of recruiting. I've always loved the whole um, environment of it, aspect of it, you know, helping people land jobs, really, really just offering people opportunities to essentially change their life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I would go through interviews for my own personal um, life, I would talk to these recruiters and, you know, they got a really, really hectic job at times, to be honest. But um, the one thing I loved was was just the aspect of being able to help someone. You know, you don't know anyone's situation at the end of the day. Everyone's situation could be different, right? This person that's interviewing, for example, could be, you know, a person who is literally on their last leg. They don't know what to do. Um, and so I got into more learning about more recruiting after I actually landed into software sales, which is really crazy. Um, you know, DocuSign had this really cool um, um referral program and you know, it was a cool way to make a little bit of money but outside of that it was just like I had recently gone through that interview process and at that time you know my company was hiring for a lot of of positions you know same position MDR that I was uh, I was in and I am in 
Um, and I was like, Kim, how can I give back? How can I help? Right. You know, some people help me get into the space. I want to be able to give back. And so started uh, talking to people. People started messaging me on LinkedIn. Hey, Zane, I'm in the uh, interview process. Um, would love some information, you know, and, and some help, some advice. And I would always hop on calls with them. Um, and so, you know, I turned this into a whole thing of being able to make a little bit of money without, you know, charging the people directly. You know, mm -hmm. I charge the company at the end of the day by doing referrals. But all in all, it came down to just helping people. And, you know, I'm not trying to say this to just boast myself up in any way. But like, for example, I would hop on calls. I remember hopping on a call to help a guy land a job at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Right. I was up. He was up. We went <laughs> after it. He actually ended up getting the job, which is amazing. Right. You, so man. point is. Point is, is like, I loved helping people. And so, you know, that post that you called out, I really appreciate you calling that out. Um, unfortunately, at my company, you know, a couple of days ago, there was there was a huge layoff. Um, and huge layoff means like 9% of the company, which is around 700 people. And unfortunately, one of my friends who I actually directly work with um, was unfortunately let go. Um, and I remember speaking to him, you know, right when it happened one-on-one -on -one, and I spoke with him and I could just see the hurt right in his eyes not hurt like to the point where you know just not overall like so hurt but just like the hurt where he didn't know it was coming it was so out of the blue and so I kind of look back and I'm like hmm, you know I've helped so many people land jobs in, at my company let me see what I could do to help this my friend land a job you know somewhere else right unfortunately this one didn't work out but you know he got knocked down how can he get back up and you know the whole thing about this is the journey and i love to help people get into that journey again um, i'm still talking to them daily and i expanded that out and that that post has gotten over 10 shares over 150 likes and i think now like personal statistics is like 20,000 views on it and people have been sending me so many and i just want to just really give back to so many people and that's kind of what inspired that there and hopefully that provides some context absolutely man i think even for you personally like back at clear you you helped me out with like your mindset like you always struck me as someone who was like super focused on success and always had like a nice set of like not personal boundaries but you you always had like this you always had like plans and like you were always moving up you know what I mean and um even your story of how you got into sales I thought was so fascinating like you never let failure you know happen to you and it was just such an incredible story so I don't want to even I know we haven't talked about the story yet, but let's bring it back to the beginning, man. Like yeah. tell me the whole story from, let's say we could start at, at college. We could start, you know, when you're 10 years old, but you know, let's, let's, let's say Zane at 10 years old. Like how did Zane become the Zane he is today? Uh, if you could give us the story. So Zane at 10 years old, Zane at 10 years old was a very uh, interesting person, man. Like I would just play call of duty, even though I was supposed to was rated M for mature, <laughs> but it's all good, man. It's all good. You know, I play Call of Duty. You watch movies. I grew up with three sisters, two parents, right? Um, you know, I, I grew up in a very uh, family-centric environment. Um, my mom has, like, five brothers. Um, and, you know, I have lots of first cousins. And they all live, like, close to me, um, 10, 15-minute drives away. And so we're really family-oriented into in that aspect right um so 10 year old me again really average kid average joe um unfortunately not the best in school and uh i'll tell you more as the story goes on but you know uh fast forward a little bit um going through high school i was never top of the class there i actually honestly speaking like 
I remember there was one point in grade 11 where out of eight courses, I was literally failing five halfway through the year. Um, 37, 30, like it was bad. I remember getting called to parent teacher interviews and it was like the worst day of my life. My mom came, she's like, are you kidding me right now? Like she was pissed. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like the, the point is, is I, I was never the top of the class and you know, I was able to turn around that year and eventually get into university. Um, I entered university as a 17 year old kid who had no idea what the heck to do. Um, you so, know, he, I, why did you want to go to university? It's the pressures. It's the pressures. I come from a, a, a Pakistani household. Um, and so it's either university or nothing, to be honest. There's no college or anything like that. So it was the pressures and obviously seeing other people in my family too, not my direct family, but like my cousins become doctors, lawyers, going to university. There was just uh, always that pressure of, you know, you have to go to university. So I ended up getting uh, admission. Um, I remember I had to literally in grade 12 beg my English teacher to give me a 60 because that was a prerequisite on the last day of school. Yeah. And I had like a 58 or something, right? Yeah, and she, <laughs> right there. and she literally would tell me, she's like, Zane, like, I don't know why you just didn't try during the, I'm like, I did try, it just didn't come so easy for me, but anyway's gone to university, Um, this is back in now 2013, started off in university, didn't know what I wanted to do, I got into business, like, classic business marketing, Um, again, didn't really figure it out, and, uh, you know, I met new friends there, Started really playing basketball, which is a good thing. Not when you're missing classes, though, right? And so got to the point where after the first semester, my grades, I never, I don't even think that these grades should exist. Like my GPA out of 4.0 was probably like a 0.75 or maybe a 1. Like it was terrible. And uh, I remember getting that email uh, from the registrar's office saying, you know, uh, you've been suspended. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what the heck? Like. Yo, I don't know about this one, right? So I went to go appeal it. You know, I appealed it. I figured out the process for that. Explained to them, like, look, like I got caught up with, you know, basketball and just a social aspect of things there. They actually mm-hmm. gave me another chance. They're like, you know what, Zane? We can let you back. We understand. Um, but you're going to be under a watchful eye now. The prerequisite to, to stay in a university is 2.0, right? 2.0 GPA. Um, and they said, if you dip below one more time, like your cumulative GPA, you were going to be suspended without any appeal. And um, now we're in 2014, January, got the second chance. And at the end of that semester, did not learn my lesson. Continued to play basketball, um, continued to just get caught up in the wrong activities, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd, things like that, skipping class, doing all that. I remember, you know, quick story here. It got so bad that um, you need, there was a course that you needed a 60 to actually do and do the final exam for and I didn't even have that. And so my dad, obviously, I didn't tell my parents. I, you know, they drove me to university to go write this exam. And I sat in the hallway while the rest of the class, because I wasn't allowed to write the exam, um, sat in the hallway watching Raptors games because it was playoff time. Um, and yeah, my dad went back and, you know, my dad asked how the exam go. I'm like, great. And that was it. And at the end of the semester, I got that email that I knew what I was going to get was, Zane, you've been suspended for two semesters shit right i'm like what do i do right um my parents are very strict and traditional parents meaning failure is not an option for them it's not it's if you're not academically smart or successful it's like you pretty much feel it's 
classic case in a lot of uh, you know, Pakistani or just overall South Asian households is the case. And a lot of households have this um, stigma around them. But I remember I held on to it until June and I actually had to return my laptop um, to my university at that time. And they said, if you don't return, you're going to be charged a $200 fee. Normally, you can keep the laptops. But if you're suspended, you can't keep the laptop. So um, they said you have to set out two semesters, right, back to back. So it'd be the summer, which was fine. But then it was also the fall semester, right? So I'd be going back the following year in 2015, January. And so around June of 2014, I'm there with this letter in my hand saying if I don't return the laptop by tomorrow, that I'm going to be charged like 200 bucks for a late fee and that I didn't have that money to pay. So I'd have to go to my parents, which then they would find out. So I remember going to uh, my dad and I, we went out to go get food, caught him at the, like the perfect day. He was so happy and, you know, asshole me comes in and just ruins his entire day by telling him I got suspended from university for academic like performance. I just took it. Okay. He was all right with it. He was like, you know, obviously if you don't study, this was going to happen, you know? Um, and yeah, um, my mom wasn't so happy, but you know what? Things happen. I returned my laptop, sat out for the summer, sat out for fall. Um, came back in January, now 2015. Um, and they're like, look, Zane, you have one more chance. The university told me, they're like, if you do not have a 2.0 GPA by the end of this semester, there you're going to be dismissed. Now a dismissal happens when you are, um, when you, you just get kicked out, to be honest, mm -hmm. for two years and you can't apply back for reinstatement for two years. So I'm like, oh, crap, this is getting real. And you would think that someone who's already been through this much, already failed twice, would understand and learn their lesson. No. I literally, at the end of the semester, I think my GPA was like a 1.3 or 1.4. And I remember I knew what was coming, right? I just sat there. I'm like, oh, crap, you know. Didn't have anyone to vent to, didn't have a girlfriend, didn't have anything, like just my sisters and my parents, and I'm scared shitless of my parents. And um, yeah, got the email, Zane, you've been dismissed. Tried to appeal it, no, it's not going to work, right? So um, how did you feel at that time? Like, Because I know when you're in college, like, that's almost your world. And see, like in, when I'm hearing this story, I, I just see like, oh, maybe you're just too smart for college. Yeah, and it obviously shows now, but looking back then like how did you yeah how did you get through that bro like that's that's pretty crazy gutted. <laughs> to answer your question how I felt gutted at that point you know looking back oh crap I felt regretful you know I could have studied more people my age are doing it I don't know why I didn't you know just all that stuff felt really terrible but the one thing that stepped in my mind is like how the hell am I gonna tell my parents right like shoot how am I gonna tell my parents and yeah, I didn't know what to do. So I actually confided in my sister. I'm like, yo, listen, I just got kicked out of university. She was like, what? No, you didn't. My God, what are you going to tell your parents? What are you going to tell my parents what's going to happen? I was like, to be honest, I don't know, but I'm not going to tell them anything yet. First, I got to get my ax raised. So I decided I'm going to get back into, you know, I'm going to continue. So I got into college. Now, the college was coincidentally um, connected to the same university that I went to. And so it was very, my plan was very simple. Continue to go to school. Don't tell anyone you switched. And eventually, things will just figure it out by itself. And so, you know, I went to college. At this point, I had met my 
girlfriend who's actually not my wife um and yeah like she just i told her kind of what happened was very open she's like dude you gotta get your you gotta get your shit straight right so because of that reason i actually continued on with college um in now fast forward now to 2018 i was i've been pretty good you know my grades are decent um 2018 i graduated from college um and by the way at this point my parents still don't know right like don't know why I got kicked out of university. They they still think their son's doing completing his degree. Meanwhile, I'm going to get a diploma, right? And at the end of I remember uh, 2018. Um, this is around probably January 2018, four months out of graduation. Um, uh, you know, I talked to my girlfriend at, and you know, she's like, if you and we we've been together now for like two and a half years, and she's like, if you want to seriously consider about the future, you know, my my dad's pretty um strict about education so you're gonna have to get your degree and so for that reason i that reason alone i actually applied reapplied to the same university that kicked me out at for the bridge program so i wouldn't have to do the whole four years but they only accept me for the four-year program meaning i would have to restart my entire thing meaning that's a, that is if, a nightmare, bro. <laughs> if that happened, if that happened, yeah, I would that's... still be in university. But coincidentally, I literally just went up to the register. I got in. I got really happy. Um, I told my parents at this point that, yo, for the last two and a half years, uh, three years, I've been doing college. And uh, I got into university. But now I'm like, shit, I got to do another four years. Went to register office to go make my schedule. I'm like, hey, I had applied for the uh, bridge program. That's only two years, but you guys are only letting me into four years. And she's like, really? And then she sent an email and turns out they made a mistake and that they put me into the bridge program. Lo and behold, 2020, April, graduated from university, finished that up, got my degree, uh, Bachelor of Commerce with Honors in Marketing um and the rest is history throughout that i've been continuously working at the bank uh was a manager of customer experience all that fun stuff but in terms of hitting rock bottom failure i've seen that all i've seen it all um to this day i uh have the diploma and degree up on my wall in front of my bed so that when i wake up morning and days that i'm not feeling it mm. not you know not going well i look at those and be like remember those times remember those five years yeah i did that i got through that you know let's go right these are the things that i that i hold very dear to my heart to be honest yeah because that's the thing too like when i feel like when someone meets you they would never ever expect the struggle um that's like because yeah when someone meets you they see like this top-notch salesperson you know working at big companies and I don't think they'd ever see the struggle of like college. So I guess going back to that, um, what would you say you learned from those failures? And let's say there's someone out there listening to the podcast who, you know, might be going through the same thing. Like, let's say they're, they have these parents that, that are very strict and want them to succeed. And I think we all, we all have that. Like I have that as well, but um, yeah, I feel like there's this, this part of you that has to do your own thing. And as you grow up, that's, you know, you have to follow your own path and you have to be able to figure um, things out. So, yeah, like what would you say your advice would be to someone in your shoes, let's say back in 2013? Solid question. What advice would I give to someone that's in my shoes at, in 2013? 
I would say expect the unexpected and give it your all. I think if I, I, I try to live life without any regrets, but if I, if I did try to zero in on a regret, it was the fact that I didn't try. I think that was the main thing. Um, in university, I never tried until I actually got my act straight, but I feel like I kind of wasted a little bit of time. But I also feel like without those experiences, I wouldn't be who and where I am today. So the advice I would give is, again, give it your all, but at the same time, enjoy the process. Enjoy what you're going to go through. You're going to fail. If you're not failing, you're not, you're not doing something right, to be honest. That's what I believe in. And so, yeah, just uh, continue to keep at it and expect failure, but learn how you're going to come out of that failure and be stronger than ever. That's what I would say. Absolutely. So here, here's the question for you then, Zane. Where do we go from there? There's, there's Zane that just finishes college. You're working at the bank. How does sales get on the radar for you you know wh where does this sales aspect come from <laughs> where yeah. did it come from so so sales has always been part of my life in some capacity right um going way back here when i was 12 years old my dad used to actually own a grocery store a south asian grocery store we used to sell pakistani and uh, indian groceries and uh you know he used to run the store do all the sales and everything like that i was always beyond the cash register even at 12 years old literally taught me how to use the cash register i was doing it quick like side story about this was um i remember i was literally 12 years old and uh unfortunately there was a there was a death that happened in my family in in new york um and my dad had to go and he couldn't close the store and mm -hmm. so what did he do um he had butchers in the back you know um that cut the meat and stuff but he didn't trust anyone to um to run the store so what do you do for two three days he literally gave the keys to me and said you're gonna run the store at the age of 12 and so I was, he pre-wrote checks for me, signed them off. I would just write the amounts, deal with all that. Um, so very early on, I got a really good understanding of business as a whole. Um, but yeah, when I started working at Sears and different places, you know, um, I've always been exposed to sales, right? Cross-selling, upselling, right? Um, you know, someone's coming to buy jeans, I include a pair of socks and try to sell them, you know, on that. Um I started working at this company called The Source, um, you know, where it's an electronic store, but, you know, they have a they have a cell phone portion of their store where you know, they, have a, they have a contract with Bell or something like that. Bell owns them. Um, and so, you know, the, the job here was very simple. Somebody comes in to buy, you know, a pack of batteries, for example, you try to sell them a cell phone plan. That was the goal, right? And so I got exposed to that, did that. You know, it's all part time. Um, even when I got into the bank, man, I, I worked for the bank for four years and my entry level role being a teller, they told us you got to you got to target and you got to beat that target to try to, you know, expand the business for the bank and um, look for ways to increase your credit card, um, look for ways to book uh, meetings with other partners, things like that. I did that for like four years. And so, yeah, starting off young at as early as 12 years old up until now, I've always been in sales. And so. That last aspect um, of banking that I was in, that last role, it was in business banking. I was working on a pilot project. I was selected as one of the top 20 um, to actually go in and uh, help this pilot project, um, especially during the pandemic, to help people across Canada open up business accounts over the phone. But mm -hmm. even that included making sure that they're in the right plans, packages, cross-selling, upselling, referrals, all that stuff. And then 
collaborating with so many teams to really just expand this project as much as we can. Um, and then I got exposed to tech sales in 2021 um, at a high level. Like my cousin, who's pretty big on LinkedIn now, um, you know, he told me, he's like, yo, you got to come to tech sales. Started talking to so many people, connecting to so many people. And yeah, lo and behold, I worked for ClearCo with you, Jer. And then now I'm here at DocuSign. So sales has always been a part of my life. You were, you were a killer, bro. You were like a rock. You were, like you came in for, to the team. And uh, yeah, man, like I've never seen something like that before. Because I didn't realize that you didn't, you came from the banking industry. So, you know, I'm very fascinated by, by that. Like, what do you think made you successful in sales? Uh, that, yeah, like, like what is, what is the secret? What's the secret to succeed as a salesperson in your opinion? To be honest, I don't think there's a secret. I think the, I think it's hard work, determination. Those are the two things I think, mm-hmm. um, in sales, you know, we go through this thing. Oh, and sorry, motivation. Um, you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing, right? Number one. Because in sales, you can hit your quota in the first week. And then for the next three, you don't even know what to do because mm-hmm. you've already hit your quota. But it's that motivation that keeps you going, right? But I think hard work and determination is probably the secret, secret you know, mix for success. Um, because you're not, you're not going to get deals handed to you in sales, right? You're going to have to go work for it. You're going to have to continue to call, continue to email, continue to message on LinkedIn, whatever it is. So hard work, determination, and motivation, I'd say, are the three keys to success in sales. Absolutely. And let's say if there's someone who's looking to get into software sales, you know, what advice would you give them just starting out? Network, 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 network. The reason why I say that so heavily is because <clears throat> the only way I was able to even help people in the first place to get into sales, like what I'm doing right now, is mm-hmm. because of my network. I've built over 2,000 connections on LinkedIn. Granted, I don't know every single person, but you know, the point is like if I can do a post like that and get so much um, engagement and people, random people reaching out to me saying they're happy to set up calls, recruiter calls, whatever it is, um, network networking is going to be your best friend at the end of the day one thing i've learned throughout my career is that people don't only hire based on if you fit the you know the job requisitions or their job requirements people hire you because they like you that's mm-hmm. what i know so the point is is the more you network the more you become more comfortable with it the more people get to know you as a human being and the more opportunities you may get absolutely and yeah, I think networking is huge because, I, yeah, I feel like as a salesperson, you have to put yourself out and you, you're like, you have to do that every single day. And I think that's where the motivation aspect comes in. And you mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast, because if you're not motivated, you're not necessarily going to do the work because, yeah, you are going to face a lot of rejections, you know, a lot of no's. So how does someone motivate themselves? And, and like, wh- where do you get it from? You know, like, Solid question. Um, I think it comes down to why you're doing what you're doing. Figure out your why. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing. For me, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm in this job to make money. Well, of course you are. Everyone's here to make money. I don't think anybody works because they really genuinely like to. Like if you took your job and took away the pay, would you still be working? Probably not, right? The point is, is like 
to say that money is the motivation sure but okay what do you let's go deeper right like what are you going to do with that money why is money such a big thing for you right for other people maybe you know i just want to i want to meet people okay why do you want to meet people right you have to take that you have to go into the deeper aspect of things and so you know to answer your question um I think the thing that keeps you the most grounded is figuring out why you're doing what you're doing at the deepest possible level you possibly can. So, so then here's, I'm going to pull it back on you, Zan. Yeah. Why are you doing what you're doing? I was waiting for this one, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, no, honestly, you know, when I first started um, my career in sales, they don't. I always said money, money motivates me, right? Then I, you know, people ask me like, okay, but whoa, like why? I'm like, ah, you know, I, I want financial independence, right? It wasn't until one of my friends asked me, he literally spent like two hours with me, just kept asking me why, why, mm-hmm. why, why? And I finally came to this. So my why is that I came from a family who, although did their best, unfortunately I saw the financial struggles. And so seeing that firsthand, that is not something I want to put myself in. That is not something I want to put my wife in. or not, And that's definitely not something I want to put my future kids in. So the point is, is why I do what I do. It is for money. But it's to ensure that people that I love don't go through the same struggles that I went through as a child. Not to say I went through like crazy struggles, but I saw the financial stresses. I don't want that to be passed on to my wife, my kids, and everything like that. And future generations to come, I want to be able to end it here and now and just continue forward. Absolutely. So, so where do you see your future headed? You know, that's a solid question, Jeremy. I don't know, to be honest. Um, do I see, you know, being in tech and being in sales definitely part of my life? Absolutely. Um, uh, I like helping people, as I mentioned, right? And so, you know, I've been in a management position before. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I love being able to help people. So where do I see myself? You know, I probably do want to move into like a director level position eventually, Um, you know, eventually to C-suite if that's possible. Mm-hmm. But the purpose of behind that is to make sure that no matter what, every step of the way, I'm trying to help people in some capacity, whether they be helping their business that they built from the ground up or helping people land, you know, uh, jobs right off the gate. I think those are the things that, that matter to me the most. Absolutely, man. And it, it definitely shows, right? Because when, when when you see someone like yourself make those posts on LinkedIn, like just genuinely trying to help people who may have been laid off, um, you just don't really see that. And and yeah, like and the thing is, you necessarily don't have to do that. You know, you're, you're just leaning out a helping hand. But uh, I feel like that shows like your character. And thank you. You know, I, I really think that people like yourself like even going back to the dark times in college when you've gone through like deep struggles and failures i think like you can relate to people who have gone through struggles you know what i mean and um i don't know i just think the world needs that you know the world needs needs people who are willing to see the ground floor you know lean out a helping hand and um yeah so Here's an, here's one of the big questions. And this is what the podcast is really about saying, but it's about enjoying the journey and you've had like quite an incredible journey so far. And I know you're like, literally like, yeah, you're going to like, you're going far in software sales and beyond you're already married. You have like things covered, like the decks covered, but uh, what does it mean to you to enjoy the journey? 
I love that. Uh, first of all, the, this reason why I hopped on this podcast was really just talk about the journey. What does it mean to enjoy the journey? Right? Mm-hmm. That's what you asked. So, in my opinion, to enjoy the journey means that you're enjoying everything that comes with it. It means that you're enjoying the successes that come with it, which is the highs, and you're enjoying the challenges or struggles that come with it, which are the lows. But you have to embrace every single step of the way. You know, it gets tough, right? It gets tough sometimes where, you know, you, you've had a crappy day or you've had a bad day or, you know, a deal fell through or you didn't get that job. Um, but I feel that that's all part of the journey. You have to be able to take those experiences and take it in. What could, you know, process it, mm-hmm. feel your feelings, whatever you may be feeling in that moment. And then recalibrate and learn from those experiences and move forward. And the in places where you, you know, were successful, you got that promotion, you got that job, you know, you got that big sale, for example, you even got married or something in your personal life, right? How did you get there? How can you repeat that over and over? And then at the end of the day, a part of the journey is making sure you're happy at the end of the day, I think is the most important. So do things that make you happy. If that means you being alone, sitting on the couch, watching TV, screw it, do it. Don't listen to anyone. Probably not the best thing you could do. But at the end of the day, if that's what makes you happy, do it. If traveling is what you like, you know, to do, travel, right? Like, I love traveling, right? Just went on a world tour with my, like, wife, right? Back from my honeymoon. It was crazy, right? Um, But point is, like, that's something we both loved. And so we both did it. And we didn't really look at the fact that, you know, it's going to cost this amount of money or whatever it is. Yeah, maybe look back in it now. But in that moment, you don't think about these things, right? So the point is, is, like, I love I love this analogy really quickly here. Not this analogy, but the story that's associated with the journey. When I was traveling, I uh, ran to a situation where my flight got canceled. I was literally in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Not literally in the middle, but like in the Maldives, which is in the yes. middle of the Indian Ocean, with nowhere to go. I didn't even know how to go. And that that's literally part of the journey is figuring it out. We figured it out. It was stressful in the moment, but you know what? It was it was a cool experience at the end of the day. Now I can say, you know, I got I got my flight canceled in the Maldives and I figured it out and I was able to get to Abu Dhabi from there and see Dubai at the middle of the night at 4 a.m. That's what came with the journey. And so you got to take it day by day, moment by moment, milestone by milestone and continue to get better every single day. I think that's the most important thing and stay disciplined, stay locked in. Absolutely, man. Like you could, you could not say that any better, but um, so where where can people find you, Zane? If you want to check out you on LinkedIn or your social media, yeah, man. Honestly, I've I've kind of stayed away from social media. I feel like it's a terrible place. But the only thing I do have is LinkedIn. Yeah. I do have LinkedIn. Feel free to hit me up. Um, name is Zane Akhtar. Z A I N. Last name is A K H T A R. My color, uh, the color of my picture is black and white. So you'll be able to see me basketball enthusiast as well anybody wants to hit me up to chat about basketball happy to do it it's always going to be go raptors for me because i'm from toronto but that's it at the end of the day is probably how you can find me you also probably find my email that's on my linkedin as well in my bio read that through as well absolutely and uh, i guess there you have it guys there's zane actor this guy is a top-notch you know software sales expert but just Someone that I really admire in life because of his mindset and even the trials that he's gone through um, back in college, because I went through something similar uh, with like a, a struggling GPA. And I, I remember, you know, applying for jobs, you know, how there's certain requirements to get into a job, right? 
And it's like, oh, if you don't have this GPA, don't apply. And it was like a mental barrier for me until I feel like you just have to like break that because your past failures don't really determine your future. And uh, yeah, man, this interview was sick. Thank you, Zane, so much for hopping on here. And uh, I feel like I want to throw one extra question your way. And Do it. Um, so here's here's the question for you. If if let's say there's a billboard that you could you know, say something to the whole world at once and they'd all hear it, what would you say? Especially at times like this, the world might be a little chaotic. You know, there might be wars going on. You know, what is Zane's message to the world? I'm going to refer back actually to my LinkedIn for this one because I had a quote on there which literally stuck with me like um, just so close to my heart and I want to share it right now. Give me one second. I don't remember it because it just stays on there. Nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Ralph Waldo Emerson. The reason why that hits me is because you need to have enthusiasm and be passionate in whatever you are doing. And so with that, yes, the world's crazy right now. Things are going left, right, and center. But if you're passionate about helping people, passionate about getting rich, passionate about whatever that is you're doing, you need to do it because then you, that's how you're going to become great at the end of the day. So my message on the billboard, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Absolutely. And there you have it, guys. He's an actor.